Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Did you know that you can experience many of the wines I taste here on the Wine and Choose My Podcast? I'm sure you're aware of how important it is to me to highlight wine brands that are owned by those in the Latinx community. That is why the last Wednesday of each month, we host a virtual wine tasting featuring Latinx-owned wine brands. Whether you choose to partake in the tasting or just want to learn something about these vintners, If you enjoy wine, you will love these virtual events. Please visit thewineandchismetpodcast.com slash events for more information. Let's support our community and support these small vintners. Hola, hola, mi gente. I'm Jessica Yanez, and this is the Wine and Chisme Podcast podcast created to amplify voices and share the stories of people from BIPOC communities doing remarkable things, all while sipping on a glass of wine. So welcome to your new Wednesday. The Wine and Chisme Wednesday. Good, how are you? I am so satisfied right now. (laughs) I'm so glad. We are recording today's podcast from Casa de Araceli. Yes, yes, my my humble abode. You guys, she fed me. She fed me. I'm not kidding. I was like, I'm going to totally brag (laughs) on what she did. She fed me the most amazing lobster tacos I've ever had in my time. Just tasting the lobster itself, I almost like fell to the ground. Oh my gosh. It was so good. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm glad you loved it. Very easy recipe. I'm going to share it next next week. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Like Mm -hmm. it's going to be so exciting. So let me give you a quick bio on Araceli. Araceli Vasquez is a personal private chef and San Diego native. We have that in common. Who is taking the city by storm with her culinary expertise. Her main focus is to bring not only delicious food to the table, but also to create an extraordinary culinary experience. Very, very good. And I literally got a taste of it tonight, and I can say for sure, yes. Thank you so much. So good. And then, obviously, I had to pick wine to go with our our tacos. so good. And what a coincidence, Rayburn, Yeah, so it's Rayborn Russian River Valley Chardonnay 2019. And the reason I chose it, there's a couple different things you can, especially when it goes with lobster, mm-hmm. you can have like a sparkling wine, which I brought that too, because oh we God, might we need to open that. I think we do need to open that. Yeah. We're going to just, <laughs> we're making this a girl's night. It really. is a girl's night. It's so much fun. <laughs> no matter what food, you don't want right. the wine to overpower it. Something right. like a red wine would have been way too much. Oh, yeah. So this one is a little bit buttery, but not too much because people have heard me say I'm not a fan of buttery Chardonnays, Mm -hmm. but this definitely has the citrus. And tell me what you thought when you were having it with the lobster. Yeah. I didn't even notice that it was there um, because the lobster was just amazing. Yeah. Those tacos are so good. 
I need to add that to my you do, my website. Do, you do. It came from the heart tonight. I oh my god! So I'm so glad you did. It makes me feel special. Good, you are special. That's Aww, why I'm here. I, I love talking to special people. I love it. So, well, salud, girl. Salud. Let's. We've already yeah. tried this wine. We've been we've having it been with dinner. Trying it, Mika. We're almost <laughs> we done. Yeah, we're on a glass number yeah. three. <laughs> we're almost done with the bottle, and then we're gonna have to pop a bottle. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, exactly. What yeah. are we celebrating? Life. Life. <laughs> Life. New friends. New friends. Lobster tacos. Lobster tacos. Lobster tacos. Yeah. Those lobster tacos are worth celebrating. Those were one of my favorites. Yes. But I really like this wine. Did really go really well with it. It's oh very crisp. I wish you guys crisp. could have it. It's so good. I know you guys. The combo. When she's sharing her recipe, you have to try you and make it. You have to. It's so easy. Anybody can make this. It took you a total of what? Because the the thing that took the longest was the pickling, right? Yeah, I pickled the radishes. Yeah, but I mean, it's and she had black radishes, which I had never had before. Oh, black yeah, radishes. Oh, and I love, I love radishes. That. So I love the it was so good. So. Well, well. Yay. <laughs> we don't want to make everyone jealous. I know. Just try it for yourself. I mean, we kind of do, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, that evil laugh! Like, <laughs> Suckers. <laughs> I mean, look. So me and Araceli met at a fundraising event mm-hmm. called charity. Cocktails for a Cause. Yeah, a charity event, and. We just, I don't even know how we started talking. You, I don't know what you said, but you, I think we just looked at each other and you were like, are you having a fun time? <laughs> yeah, probably. I was like, yeah, I am. Thank you for asking. I'm having a great time. And then, I don't know what, we just randomly started talking. Yeah. And then I, I don't even know what you were saying. You were saying you're a private chef and you, I don't even know what it was you said. And I was like, I want to hear your story. I want to have you on the podcast. Yeah. And then this one's like, that would be awesome. I'll cook for you. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you said it was a wine podcast and I said, oh girl, oh, yeah. that is my area. You bring the wine, I'll, I'll bring the food. Um, so I, this was like a match made in heaven. <laughs> this is, this, this brings me to when you asked me about my why, because it's like, like I said, food brings people together and so does wine. Yes. <laughs> it sure does. It really and this time, like I've been doing so many zooms that I have to like Click my glass, you know, but yeah, now we actually now we get to, ching! yeah, we actually get to do it in person. <laughs> I made my own effect, but like, if you guys want to hear it, like, here's some, what is it, ASMR? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. That was beautiful. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. No, I'm just so excited because, like I said, I've literally had a taste of your yeah. food yeah. and just the short time that we've gotten to know each other, I just, I love your energy. Thank you. You just you radiate too. so much goodness. You're a girl's girl. I like that. Oh, you? thank you, know. you. I, you know what? I think I went through a time where I was, I mean, I was always a girl's girl, but I was also been a guy's girl. Mm-hmm. And then people would often mistake that as like me trying to be competitive with girls, right. but I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't trying to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes like I was the girl who, because I was friends with the guys that if a girl liked a guy, they would come to me mm-hmm. to like hook it up. Mm-hmm. But then after I did, they wouldn't want the guys to talk to oh me anymore. And I'm like, come on. See, come on, guys. Like, seriously, I'm the one, I'm the reason you're even together. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ungrateful. Jeez Louise. Uh. <laughs> so you're like me, a native San Diegan. Mm-hmm. So tell me your experience. Cause I grew up in North County. What part right. of San Diego I did you grow up? I grew up on the south, like right by the border. 
really. Um, so I, I grew up, I was born at the Hillcrest in, um, at the, uh, sorry, Scripps and Hillcrest. And I lived in San Isidro until I was about eight years old. Why did I say San Isidro? Like I can say San Isidro, but you're just so used to saying like San Isidro. Like, no, I lived in San Isidro, you know, Um, and then I moved to Chula Vista when I was around eight years old and I loved it there. I had the best childhood. I was out playing with my brother until the lights turned off. We were in the suburbs um, of San Diego, so... Um, it was just um, me, my mom, my stepdad, and my and my brother, and it was like good times, good good times. Is, is your brother younger, older? Than He's you? a year older, and then I have a a younger brother and a sister um, oh, that were nice. born a little bit later. I was a, a little bit older when they were born, but yeah, I love them all. Aw, wait, was your brother like super overprotective of you? No, he was such a cool guy. Um, <laughs> you would think that. He was only like that if like someone was picking on me, then he would step in and it was like, you don't want to deal with that. Still yeah. to this day, like if you don't want to deal with that. But, um, <laughs> you know, when I when I date or anything, um, he doesn't really interfere with anything. Not that I bring anybody. I think he's only met two people and – one of them he didn't even acknowledge, so that's great. Oh, dang. <laughs> he knew, though. I'm glad he didn't acknowledge him. He wasn't, you know, girl, he wasn't He wasn't worthy no. of the acknowledgement. I'm glad he did that. Are you like me when it comes to, like, I do not bring somebody around my family no. unless I Mm-mm. know it's serious. Yeah. Oh, I've only brought two guys home. One of them, I lived with them, and I was, like, 21, and I thought we were in love. We lived together, and then the second one I brought because I was bored and it was quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I guess you could come by. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, besides high school where my parents had to meet anybody mm-hmm. I went to homecoming with or went on mm-hmm. a date with or anything like that, as far as me being an adult – they have met three people, I think, mm-hmm. and I'm about to be 44. So yeah. even then, I even still then. don't. It's so serious. My family is so sacred to me, and I'm not going to bring you into my inner circle if I don't think you know we're a match. Yeah. So well, speaking of family being important to you, mm-hmm. how was it growing up having an older brother, but also? Did you feel that stigma of being like the youngest at the time, right? Being the youngest and being a girl from your parents? Because you know how oftentimes mm, Latino no. parents are very much like the boy can do whatever they want. Yeah. But the girl like – I felt like my parents were pretty progressive. Right. Plus there was no boys. Right. I was like the oldest. Uh-huh. Right? I'm the oldest. Yeah. And <laughs> But how was that relationship with you and your parents being the youngest? Well, my at the time? my my younger sister. I have a younger sister. She's sixteen right now. Oh my gosh! Please pray for me. Um, <laughs> um, I never felt that from my my mom because it was just you know, you know kind of my mom. But my grandparents, they're still to this day are like that with me. You know, they're very traditional uh, Mexicans and. They, they're like, why are you not married? And I hear it all the time, but my mom is just amazing. She's so proud of everything that I do, and she understands that my source of happiness comes from myself and my, my job, and, like, these are the things that make me happy. Sometimes, you know, family and kids make other people happy, and this is, like, what makes me happy. So she's very supportive. I've never felt pressure from them at all. What was their parents' expectations of you growing up? Like, or did you feel like they had any particular expectations? Oh, yeah, expectations? I did. I, the main thing was to be respectful of others. Like, my mom – was not about like when me and my brother 
would bicker, we were not allowed to say mean things to each other. And I appreciate that. I mean, at the time, I wanted to curse that guy down (laughs) the street. But, you know, as an adult now and being in relationships, I can genuinely say I've never said anything terrible to a partner, to a friend. I'm very respectful to people, Mm -hmm. no matter how angry I get. So the number one thing was you need to be respectful, be humble. And they really wanted me to to go to school, but I – it was just never was for me. I always knew that I kind of like was like artistic and I, I wanted to like translate my passion into like food, you know, like food is my art. And they're pretty supportive at first, you know. Um, How do you tell them like, look, I don't want to go to college. I want to be a chef. I want to make – like how do you – because that's – especially are you first generation, second generation? I'm first. Okay. Especially for – I'm second gen. Yeah. But especially for a first gen, mm-hmm. like that can be a super hard oh, conversation. Yeah. At what point, first of all, at what point did you start discovering your love for food? Oh, it wasn't until later in my life. When I turned 18, I always wanted to like model and do acting and dance. And when I was, you know, in high school, I did dance. I did theater. I was in cheer. I did gymnastics when I was a kid. So like I always knew like – I just wanted, you know, I was passionate about any form of art. You know, I always asked my parents, oh, I want, you know, I want to be an actress. I, w- I want to dance. I want to do all these things. And they said, when you're 18, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, right. Yeah. Still, they, you <laughs> We know, know that's not true. <laughs> no, but I turned 18 and at the, the day I turned 18, I walked around downtown and I walked around to all the boutiques and I, and I would say, hey, do you need a model? And they'd be like, do you have experience? And I'd say, yeah, I have tons of experience. Like, I've been modeling for years. <laughs> um, but I, I had never in a day. And that day I got booked to do uh, a runway show for a, a boutique in downtown. And they're like, you have to be 21 and up. And I was like, yeah, I'm 21. I lied about it. They put me in the show. I snuck in the club some way, somehow. My mom came with me because she was just like, you're crazy. I'm going. Um, I did this show. And after that, it was like getting booked, booked, booked. I got signed with an agency. I was signed with them until I was 25 years old. So I was a model from 18 to 25, which was insane. And then I had like little various gigs here and there. Um, But um, yeah, so I did that. And um, I always loved cooking, baking. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it since I was younger, you know, helping my grandmothers in the kitchen. But it wasn't until after that I was like, this feels shallow. Like, I I don't know if I can, you know, do this anymore. Like, it's just, it wasn't for me. I grew out of it. Yeah. And I started a food and wine blog. It was more food than wine. Oh, I was don't like, really? Me, don't Wait, no. Me. <laughs> no, and then I, um, I started it and it got pretty popular. And then um, I had somebody ask me like, hey, do you know anybody who would want to be a private chef or a, an NFL player? I don't know if I can name him. I just won't. You can but tell me afterwards. I'll tell you after. <laughs> and so I cooked for him and his wife and they were so great to me and they recommended me. And just after that, it kind of picked up and like, boom, before you knew it, I was like. So you chef. never even went to culinary school no, or anything? No, I never went oh to culinary school. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I still want to go to culinary school. I think there's so many things that I want to learn. Yeah. Um, eventually I will. So how do you go from, because that's so, yeah, that just seems like such a, yeah, like yeah. such a jump, right? I grew up having to learn how to cook. Mm-hmm. I was tricked, basically. Yeah. How to, and I do love to cook, but right. I'm not a chef like you, right? 
But it was like more like, oh, mija, peel the potatoes. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, peel and now cut the potatoes. Cut the potatoes, put them in the water. Make sure that there's water, there's salt in the water. The very first thing I learned how to really, really cook was mashed potatoes. Right. Because, yeah, because it's easy, but my mom would like, and then she would get mad at me if I wouldn't peel the potatoes as fast as her. I, I've done already like three potatoes before. You've only <laughs> done one. And I'm like, well, then don't I? I'd be like, well, don't ask me yeah, then. I'll put me on something else. Yeah. So that was kind of like how I started learning how yeah. to cook was my mom making, again, especially being the oldest of three girls, mm-hmm. my mom making me help yeah, her, right? Of course. And then that translated. Then I wanted to learn. I was like, oh, I, I want to learn how to do this. And, oh, I wanted to learn how to make rice. And I wanted right. to learn, like, my grandma's recipes. Mm-hmm. And my mom cooks very similar to how my grandma used to cook. Right. So that's how I developed it. So what was your, like, how did you develop that palette? Because especially to go from, oh, I like to cook to, oh, I'm going to model. And wait, now I'm a professional oh, chef. Oh, I did it all. I, I can't even name how many little different jobs that I did. You know, you wouldn't even believe it. But I've always been in the kitchen. No mm-hmm. matter what I did, that was something that brought me joy. That's something that I was very comfortable doing. And it came very naturally. You know, both of my grandmothers are amazing cooks. You know, one of them – so I grew up with my – one of my grandmothers is my step-grandmother. And she's from Little Rock, Arkansas. And then my other grandma is from Mexico. So I got, like, the best of both worlds. You know, I got the, like, Latina, Hispanic foods. And then I got the southern comfort foods. Like, she made the pies from scratch. Like, the Thanksgiving, you know, dinner. Oh, my God. It's – now I'm hungry again. <laughs> yeah. I was we just, just finished that helping, tiny. You know? That's how my mom raised us. It's like if we went over somewhere, we're helping. Like yeah. you're not sitting on the couch Same. watching TV. She would yell at me. And I, I already knew at that point I was volunteering. You know? I'm scared you're of You're voluntold. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, does anyone need help before my mom kills me? Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, totally. That's I'm even the same way now. Like yeah. if I go somewhere – now, today I didn't because I was like, um, this is her element. I'm letting her do her thing. Yeah. I will help pour the wine. Yeah, see, I love that. <laughs> and thank you for doing that because sometimes, you know, I've got my flow and my rhythm going and then I'm like, oh, you know, it kind of interrupts the the trance, yeah. so to speak, that I'm in. I think you could kind of tell like when somebody's like in their thing because I'm the same way when I'm cooking and people are like, can I help? I'm like, no, no, no. I got it. I got it. Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, you can chop this or whatever. But (laughs) I like, yeah, especially when I'm making certain things, if I know what I'm making and I just let me do my thing. Yeah. And so I get that. So I don't like doing that to Mm -hmm. other people. But if it's like a big party right. or something like that, anytime we go to a friend's, yes, then we all have a job too. Oh, if it's a big party, you get your ass right in Yeah, there. you better. You if, better. If you don't ask, we're <laughs> not friends anymore. Uh, no, if it's just me and you, I mean, you're my guest, so I want you to be relaxed. Oh, thank yeah. you. I know I'm having such a great time. Yeah, me too. It's, it's so been, much fun. I know. It's been <laughs> so awesome. I love the fact that your mom went with you so it's like she oh, first of all she had your back with that because the back. fact that you're like I'm 21 but I'm not and then she went with you she, your she, mom had your back she had on my that. back she's had my back since day one that woman I love her you know what I love about her is that she never forced me to be anything that I'm not anything that I ever wanted to be she would support me but she would say you know you know make sure you're being responsible with your money like take care of your health like anything that I did. She just never, you know, looked at me funny or tried to, you know. It sounds like she was just, they were, she was very non-traditional. No, she, she wasn't. And I, I think that's what made me 
you know, who I am today, very, you know, independent and innovative and creative, especially during, you know, COVID. It's mm-hmm. like, what, you know, what if I was, you know, working in an office and I was laid off, you know, I'm able to create my own stream of income. Yeah. You know, I have, I'm street smart. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I think that was the best thing she could have done for me is just love me and let me be who I am and learn and figure it out. No, know? that's so awesome because so often parents don't, you know, they want to mm-hmm. live their lives, especially when it's, when they're, your parents come over from a different country, when they're yeah. immigrant parents, they yeah. have, they said so a lot, oftentimes, mm-hmm. obviously it's not all the time, but oftentimes I feel like there's so much expectation right. set on that first generation that is born here mm-hmm. and everything that like all of the hopes and dreams that they came here right. with are laid upon those kids. I think what's different about her is she fulfilled her own destiny and she doesn't have to fulfill it through me. She mm-hmm. came over here. She learned English. She went to school. She has her bachelor's degree um, and she works at the oncology center at UCSD. So she's not living through yeah. me, you know, she's doing her own thing. She was a single mom she did an amazing job. Oh, I yeah, love I love, that. I love her. I love that girl. <laughs> and she's going to listen to this and hear how much I you love know. her. I know. Yeah, she knows. She knows. <laughs> she spoiled that woman. You could tell my mom is too. We FaceTime my mom. Oh, yeah. Because I told her we were going to have lobster tacos. And she's like, I want a picture. So instead of sending a picture, like, we FaceTime. FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> we FaceTime. And my mom was like practically drooling through the FaceTime. Oh, yeah. She's so sweet. <laughs> she's. I call my mom a cartoon character come to life. You got nothing of what her real personality is yeah. except that she looked at that and was like I'm awesome yeah <laughs> and good. you and you invited her and my mom is that person yeah, who'd be like come she'll come to San Diego she'll be like where's the, the friend that the said friend? She- <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna call me out <laughs> no we'll have well no I'll, we'll have both of our moms come <laughs> So yeah, my mom's totally like that. It's hilarious. But I love the fact that she does, you know what I mean? Like that's so great that she had her own dreams and not mm-hmm. put hers on you. Exactly. Because it's so often it's really hard a lot oftentimes for parents to come and you know, they're just doing the best that they can. As I'm sure your mom did, she did the best that she could right. to to raise you and your brother yeah. until she got married and had more kids, a couple mm-hmm. more kids. I love that. Wine break. Time to refill that glass and come back for more wine and cheese man. Hola, mi gente. If you haven't heard, I am here to share with you the Wine and Cheese Man podcast has launched the very first Latine owned wine brand directory ever. Just go to the wine and cheese podcast.com, then go to wine brand directory. There you will be greeted by me. But more importantly, you will be able to choose a winery first by region, then by county. And the wineries in that area will not only be listed, but you can connect directly to them from this site. It couldn't be easier than that, right? Use this directory to plan your own wine adventure or learn about some of these Latine vintners or share it with a friend and have them buy some Latine wine as well. Something like this has ever been available so go use it and support our community. Talk about the time when you were modeling that during that period of time. What was the thing about that time that benefited you the most as a person? And what is the thing that was the most challenging or the most like, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that anymore. Right. Just being confident, right? You, you have nothing on, you know, in front of the camera um, or on a runway that 
you know, it kind of gives you any source of motivation. It, it comes from within. You have to be confident. You have nothing but your your confidence. And I think that for me, it taught me a lot just to be confident and take everything as it comes. And it's like sometimes you're like, oh, my God, you know, I, I, I'm they're running behind and I've been backstage for five hours. Like I, I'm like hungry or thirsty, whatever. You just roll with the punches. You just go out there and deal with it. I met a lot of cool people out there. I think what it also taught me was – there's a lot of beautiful people out there that people think, oh, you know, that girl is beautiful. I bet she's, you know, stuck up. I met some of the goofiest girls, mm-hmm. you know. You're like, wow, you're so beautiful, like Victoria's Secret models. And you're like, wow, I thought you would be so mean and so so not to judge, right, yeah. based on people's looks. Um, I think for me the worst part of modeling was just the loneliness. You know, you get sent out on jobs and – it's all very glamorous and, you know, you're in front of the camera and it's like, you know, the hustle and bustle of the runway shows and then you go and sit in a hotel room by yourself. You miss out on all kinds of things with your friends and mm, families, you know. Yeah. So you weren't in in San Diego doing this. You started in San Diego and then you went somewhere else? Um, I, I would travel a little bit, uh-huh. not too much. But yeah, most of it was in San Diego, but it's like it would end late or I was just like working on holidays and it was just – exhausting oh yeah for me also like just people like touching your face putting makeup pulling your hair oh let's try this new outfit and you're like oh my gosh did you ever feel the pressure in regards to your weight and everything like that because you know there's been so much in regards to designers wanting smaller and smaller girls and this and that like how what was your experience with that I mean if you didn't fit into the clothes you didn't work you know I was always conscious of that if I don't fit into this I'm not gonna have a job but I never fell into the habit of like oh I I have to be thin like I love food I'm gonna eat Mm -hmm. oh well right I knew that that was not my forever career what do you think helped with that like I think obviously you have a lot of confidence but that has to come from somewhere, right? And that has to, and there's times when I'm sure there's times where you're not as confident. Oh, yeah. So during those times when you're just feeling like, fuck, I'm gaining compared or this or that, like what got you through that? I think just having love for the craft. Like I loved, I love photography. Now I know, like, oh, I, I love like taking photos of other people and poses and like finding the beauty in like a certain moment. So like my love for the for the art, you know, just going out there and be like, you know what, I love this. I love creating beautiful photos and and working with all these amazing, talented, artistic people. So that was kind of my motivation and going out there and being like, wow, this photographer is amazing. Like, look at his work. Like, I can't wait to create something so cool with this person and like get some ideas from him. And that was it for me. Yeah. You know, it feels like you have a very true artist spirit because I think if you don't, it's hard to keep that yeah. Going, right? Because right. so many people would be like, oh, what was me? Oh, I have to be thinner. I have to be I've taller. Never, I have to be this. I mean, this, I, I, I pick on that. myself a lot for sure, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm comfortable with who I am. I treat people fairly and I'm nice and I don't stress uh, about my image that much, yeah. right? Because at the end of the day, people care about how you make them feel, not how you look. Yeah. I mean, unless you're <laughs> – super shallow, then I don't really care what you think. I want to kind of go back to something that you were saying in regards to not judging others and and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Last year, I was a judge for a beauty pageant. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) How was that? Okay. Very surprising. Mm. Very surprising. 
because my friend, she is like the regional, she runs like all these regional um, beauty pageants and Mm -hmm. everything. And at first when she asked me, I was like, oh yeah, sure. I'll do it. But in the back of my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, why did I say yes to this? This is like so shallow. This is so, and then, you know, everything had to be done virtually because of COVID. But it was so interesting to meet these women. I got to interview these women, Mm -hmm. right? And listening to them, right? right? I would read their bio and then I would ask them questions like, oh, shocker, I'm reading a bio and asking questions, right? (laughs) But they were like teenagers up to like women in their 30s and 40s. Right. They're all competing against each other? No, there's different different categories. No, there's different categories. But just the fact that you know, you're asking, especially some of these young women, right. you're asking them these questions and they're so thoughtful and they're saying like what they want to do and why they want to do something when they go to college. And say, right. and it just, it really, it changed my perspective in regards to that. Yeah. Because you think of it and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah, and I then you actually thought of that concept. Like yeah. who's prettier? <laughs> like, right. It's kind of weird. And it, but it, and the other thing was that these women were of all shapes and sizes. Okay. Which was really lovely to see. Yeah. It wasn't just these like size two women who feel like I, it's, I feel like the traditional beauty pageant is really like a bunch of models, right? right. That obviously uh, some of them have accomplished these really cool, amazing things, but you don't see that. You're just seeing the exterior. Right. So to be part of something that there was all of these women of all different shapes and sizes, and then actually have a chance to speak with them right. instead of just hearing like a clip. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And it did change my perspective a little yeah. bit on that. And that, you think you would do it again? Yeah, no, I totally would. Mm-hmm. She actually asked if I knew anybody, cause I can't do it two years in a row if I knew anybody who would be willing to do it and I was like trying to find somebody, I was see if it's too late. Maybe oh, I could have you do it. girl, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, no, but I think it's so true in regards to just how we view people, right? Because right. the first thing we see is the exterior. Right. Exactly. But it could be super wonderful exterior, but if the interior doesn't mm, match, then let me tell matter. you, honey, I have experienced a lot <laughs> of beautiful men in my life that I'm like, are you dead inside? What's going on in there? <laughs> oh, yeah. I had, there was one that my friend would call the Scandinavian because he was from Minnesota, mm-hmm. but he was so, so obnoxious when he oh, would drink. Man. Oh, and I I'm know like, a few of those. And I'm like, you're so hot. Can you just shut up? Oh, <laughs> like, oh, no, man. but it was just one of those things where you're just like, I can't deal doesn't with that. It doesn't matter how beautiful no, you are. No, it doesn't. There has been some really good looking people in my life. And I'm like, I would never. Yeah. You could never. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. So now you're like, okay, I'm done with modeling. Mm-hmm. You get somebody who randomly asks you. There was like a long journey in okay, between that. Okay, so tell like, oh, you know, man. you could give the abbreviated version. Man, I did so many little small things, but I, I, I did bottle service. Girl, can you even imagine me doing yes. that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're beautiful. You're gorgeous. You. you have such a – Oh, I'm, man. I sorry. met some of the coolest girls there. Yeah. They're, they're all so beautiful and so funny. A lot of my good friends came from uh, You, I think you have to have a sense of humor being in bottle, oh, a bottle service girl. girl don't you? Yes. Like, I mean, I've not, but I was – and I think I've said it before. Maybe if I haven't, then maybe I'm revealing something about Ooh, myself. Please tell me. I was a cocktail waitress at a strip club. Oh before. my God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But it definitely is all about 
the confidence in that. And you have to have a sense of humor. Oh, you gotta have tough skin. Oh. Tough I was skin. the type of person, I didn't drink on the job. Yeah, me neither. I didn't because you would see a lot of girls that would drink and right. get drunk. And I'm like, I'm here to make money I'm and that's hustler. it. Yeah. I'm here for money and I'm out. Yeah. It was a good I'm a hustler, baby. I just, I just want, want you to know. know. <laughs> that's That was it. My whole life I've I've been a hustler for sure. I guess – I never looked at myself that way until the pandemic Mm -hmm. because I was always like, I was like, okay, what else can I do? What else can I do? Because my nine to five job, my project got put on hold, but I couldn't just stay and not do anything. I could have easily just, yeah, not done anything. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I can't. That's just not who I am. And I'm trying to find these things. And thankfully, I'd started the podcast right before the pandemic and then started a branding agency with two other women and then getting involved in all of these different organizations. And because I couldn't just be home being a bump on the log, I needed to do something. So people were like, you hustle. And I was like, I guess I do. (laughs) But I just never looked at it. And I never looked at myself in that way. I just always looked at myself as, I want to achieve things. I want to do things. But I think the pandemic completely taught us that, you know, just because you have a nine to five does not make anything safe. No. So I love that you're able to create your own thing. So going from, how did you continue before you got this opportunity for this NFL player? Mm -hmm. Were you already like, Working on recipes. Were you uh, already working on your craft? I was working at a restaurant. I was okay. working at a, a, a food and steakhouse place in downtown. It's called Blue and Mickey's. And I was like, I want to learn. I want to be in a professional kitchen and learn their ways. And I, so I was working at the nightclub on the weekends and working at the restaurant on the weekdays. I had zero days off. Wow. I was working like 12-hour shifts at the restaurant and then going to the nightclub. So, was, so were you a server or were you working in the kitchen? I, at the restaurant? Yeah, I was working restaurant. in the kitchen. I was like – That's a – I've worked – my ass. Uh, yeah, I've worked as a server. I've worked as a runner a long time, mm, you know. Yeah. And yeah, those are no joke. Those yeah. jobs are no joke working behind the line. Oh, man. Yeah. I've got some street cred now. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> working in, in a kitchen is, is tough. It's like there's no breaks. And being a woman working in the kitchen, were, oh, yeah. were you working the line or were oh. you doing like, did you work up like, I was, I from was peeling the prep. potatoes? No, I was like- doing prep and then I was on apps and pastries. So I was killing it back there. But um, yeah, it was tough. It was all, it was all men. I, I figured they were not going to move me up, you know. Everybody that had been working there had been there for years and it was competitive. Like, you know, the kitchen is um, dominated by men. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. So I said – Screw that. I'm starting my own business. I've got this opportunity and I took it and it just snowballed from there. And I'm so glad that I like took that leap of faith and just said, what do I have to lose? Because I lost nothing and gained it all. How scared was you? Were you scared oh, doing yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm scared doing, you know, with every move that I make, but I'm like, you know, it's worked out for me this far, you know? It's definitely extremely rewarding. And I'm sure you know as a, like, you know, business owner, like having this whole podcast that if you take no no risks, you don't grow. Yeah. No risk, no reward. No. So what? I'm constantly taking a risk on everything that I do. What has been the risk you've taken recently? Oh, the risk I've taken recently. 
I have a, a few clients that I work for. Uh, I hope they're not listening, but um, <laughs> I, I've worked for them for years and I've just been, you know, kind of saying no to like, you know, bigger, huge catering jobs because it's just me, right? Mm-hmm. I just took one that was – it was 50 people. So I was like, screw it. I'm going to hire some sous chef servers. I'm going to invest in some rental equipment and it it worked out beautifully. It was great. I'm That's, so glad I did that. Aw. Yeah. Okay. So I want to touch on something that we were talking about oh. before. <laughs> before, well, as you were cooking. Uh, and I love, first of all, like I said at the beginning, I love your energy. I love your you. confidence. I'm so happy we met. I know. Me too. And I was so excited because <laughs> we're having these amazing lobster tacos. But you said something that I absolutely loved mm-hmm. hearing. I have not adhered to this rule, mm-hmm. and I might have to now because yeah. of what you said. You said you don't cook for anybody you date. No, because I've done it before and I learned my lesson. What did you do before and what lesson did you learn? It was a give too much to someone who who didn't earn it, right? They didn't do anything to deserve, you know, my love and I just I feel like I I gave too much too soon, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And so now I it's kind of my rule like if I'm dating you, like I'm not cooking for you. Until? I don't know. Until we're <laughs> married, I guess. I don't know. I don't know when when that will change. But I just feel like, I mean, if you want to try my food, you can book me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so yeah, I mean, I, I used to be the type of girlfriend that is like, oh, let me help you wash your clothes. Let me help you clean your house. Let me cook for you. And it was like, man, what the heck do you do here, sir? Like, You've got this whole concierge service over here. Like, what is going on? And so I learned my lesson. Like, you know, don't give too much. You know, let let them take you out. Let them court you. You know, you're the prize. So that's what I've been doing, girlfriend. I'm just out here. You know, you want to take me to dinner? You want to get me some wine? That's great. Other than that, I'm not giving you a thing. No, I think that's because you're right. So many guys, look, I'm single in my 40s for, I guess, a reason. You know, it just hasn't happened. But... You know, I've definitely been that person where I've given so much of myself. I'll cook. Mm-hmm. I'll clean. Oh, you need to borrow the car. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And then in the end, I'm left with my heart in my hands right. picking up the pieces. Mm-hmm. And they're on their merry way. I think that's such an important lesson to learn. In Because you know what? That's not just... And people can say, oh, she respects herself, which you obviously do. But you love yourself. Yeah. And that's like when you were telling me that, I'm like, man, she loves herself. Thank you. I, wa- I waited to tell you that. I do. I do love myself. And it, and it wasn't always like this. It, it was a long road to get here. You know, as you get older, you kind of get a sense of who you are and, you know, who you want to be. And I really love the person that I've become now. I can genuinely say I've never mistreated anybody. That's how I sleep at night. I've never cheated on anybody. I've never, you know, been terrible to a friend. I'm a good friend. I'm a good sister. Um, And to me, like, I love myself for that. Yeah. You know, that is, that's a lesson we can learn at any age, right? Because there are definitely times where I have been bad to myself. I think that's where it starts, right? Because when Mm -hmm. you're bad, sometimes we give so much of ourselves to other people and then we don't give the same attention to ourselves. And then that's where you're like, wait, am I loving myself right? Because if you can't love yourself, how can anybody else love you, right? right. So I think it definitely starts there. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy. So when you were saying that, I was like, 
Oh my gosh, that's what I was like. We are going to talk about that. I want. No, I want yeah, I, I treat myself so well. You know, I I work out. I box. I don't know if you knew that. I love boxing. I've been boxing for six years, so I do something that I love almost every single day. I have a beautiful home that I, you know, I've everything in here is mine. You know, it is beautiful. Thank you. So cute. Yeah, I, I mean, it. I've created a life for myself, and it was like I treat myself well. Like I'm, I take care of myself mentally, physically. The place where I, you know, lay to rest at night. Is like what I want. So like my whole life I created for myself and like, yeah, I'm thankful and I love myself for that. What has been like through this journey that you've gone on because there's still so much ahead of you, right? But what has been the most challenging thing that you have gone through so far? Because I think we all, we always want to focus on all of the positive things, but we have to remember like we all have bumps and bruises. We all have challenges and I think it's important to be able to share those so we're not just projecting like, oh, oh all of this yeah, perfect stuff. Okay. It, it, it's not been glamorous, you know. Um, so the reason I got into boxing six years ago is because I was in a very abusive relationship. I was with somebody who hit me with a bar stool over my head. No. Yeah, split, split my head open. I had staples. I had to get staples in the back of my head. Couldn't go into work because I couldn't brush my hair because I had the staples in there. So I ended up getting it. I was very depressed. I was in a deep depression. And I and you see me now. I, I weigh 100. Oh, God, I don't want to say. 138 pounds. I weighed 103 pounds. They diagnosed me with anorexia. Wow. And I, I was so stressed out because this man, I didn't report him because I, I was just terrified of him. He was so scary. I was just so nervous about what he would do to me. Like, what is he going to do today? Is he going to stalk me? Is he going to try? I mean, he was terrible. So I was taking sleeping pills that they gave me, you know, to kind of help with the pain. And I didn't notice at the time, but I was like misusing them. And I remember my mom coming into the room one time because she was taking care of me. And I remember she said, if you don't stop right now, if you don't get away from this person, if you don't stop you know, what you're doing, you're going to die. And that was like the turning point for me. Like having your mother say that to you is tough. Yeah. Because I don't even know how I got there. I mean, you see me, I I was like confident model. Like how could this happen to me? Right. It was just so progressive how it happened. Mental abuse is is a tough thing, right? Because you trust this person and they're so loving. And then one day they snap on you and you're like, wait, what? Like you were this nice person. Like, how are you treating me like this? It's crazy. It starts out very gradual. I had a, I was in a abusive, a mentally, mentally and emotionally abusive relationship myself. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't ever hit me or anything. He shoved me once. Right. But it was one of those things where it was like little by little and you don't even realize that it's mm-hmm. being taken away right. and that he's like this person is taking away your self-esteem little by yeah, little and by so much from me. Yeah. And then at the end, for me, I felt like I was a shell of myself when at the end of that oh, relationship. Yeah, I was. I was literally a skeleton. I was like 103 pounds and this boxing gym, like someone had told like the owner and the owner was like, if she comes in, I'll give her free lessons um, as long as she she comes in, have her come in. And so I didn't want to come in. My mom's like, come in, go in. It's self-defense. Keep in mind, I'm sick. I'm 103 pounds. Like I'm 5'6". That is not normal. I have my head is still healing. I've got staples in the back of my head. I go into this boxing gym and the guy is like, oh my God, you know, you're so skinny right now. Like, and so he made a deal with me. He said, if you come in every single day, and I'm talking seven days a week, 
you get a free membership here. So I said, okay, I'll do it. I went in every single day. I was boxing every single day. And man, people felt so bad for me. Like there was a, a shop across the street called the malt shop. I'll never forget them. They, I would go in, they would give me free food. These people were just trying to, you know, they're like, this girl's too thin. So they are giving me food. I like loved the sport. You know, I loved how it made me feel. I was stronger than ever, you know, after let's see, like almost a year of boxing. I was like, so I was ripped, like muscles, everything. That guy left me alone. Like the people at the boxing gym threatened him. They're like, you know, like, oh, beat you up if you, you know, it was like, like boxing saved my life. For sure. And my family, like my mom being there for me, my friends, that, I mean, yeah, that was the hardest thing that I've ever dealt with in my life. But um, it definitely opened my eyes to like what's important in my life. You know, like you shouldn't rely on other people for happiness and, you know, stand your ground and don't let anybody, you know, if there's red flags, you need to pay attention. I was very, very young. Yeah. But yeah, pay attention to, to the red flags. and That explains so much yeah. to me in regards to how you carry yourself and your confidence now, knowing that you've gone through that and mm-hmm. how I've met you now and, and where you are now, it makes so much sense right. because you've overcome so much to get to this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a, a tough time in my life. But honestly, like I am so happy now. I look back and I'm like, how was that even my life? You know, who was that person? I'm not even that person anymore. I'm like, I wish that guy would try to come around. I'm like, <laughs> All right, let's see who's hitting who this time. <laughs> I've been boxing for six years. Things might be a little different. Yeah. Um, no, uh, he actually ended up getting cancer. Oh, like, man. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's crazy. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. That's so- I, I, you know, I've never shared that. Like, really? Publicly, no. I think like there's a handful of people who know that. And now everyone knows it, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it takes courage to be able to share that. You yeah. know, anytime you share your story and, and share a piece of yourself like that, who knows who's listening that needs that, needs, needs it, or is inspired it. by that, yeah. or is going through that. Mm-hmm. So, Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that. Oh my gosh. Where do you see your culinary career going? Or do you do you mm. think that this is it? Like this is your career being no. a chef or you you like no, yeah. I could see you having like five different things you want to do. You know what? That's what I love about myself is that I'm always able to accept myself. Like if I don't want to be a chef in 10 years, like I'm okay with that. Like I've dealt with so many different career changes that I'm like, I'm ready for anything. If I want to fly kites professionally. <laughs> um, but I know I love food. I'm, I'm so, I'm so enthralled into the culinary world now that I see myself hopefully, you know, traveling around the world like Anthony Bourdain and just having a show and kind of sharing the different, um, I'll travel with you and we'll pair wine with all yes! your things. <laughs> you know, something like that where I'm just free to travel and, and share, you know, different parts of the world. Like what spices are they using over here? And like, oh my gosh, can you believe they're eating this here? So something like that and having, you know, like a obviously cooking, but on a larger scale, sending out like different chefs. Yeah. Maybe have like an app. You know, Uber, but for sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What how do you get your inspiration for your different recipes now? Because you mm-hmm. have your different clients. Obviously, you know, I'm sure there's some recipes that they like and they want you to 
repeat, but I'm sure there's oftentimes we're like, oh, let's do something totally. Where do you get your inspiration for these things? Uh, honestly, that depends. I think some of my inspiration just comes from being at the grocery store and being like, all right, like honestly, most times that I cook for my clients, I'm like, I don't know what I'm making until like 3 p.m. And I'm like, dinner's in three hours. Go to the grocery store and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And then it, it all kind of unfolds. Um, how do you think you would do on um, – what is that one where they like – Hell's Kitchen? No, not Hell's Chef? Kitchen. Not to, like the one where they give you all kinds of random things in the basket. Oh, I've done that. I hate it. I would do terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing those. It's such a joke. It's like you can't give me like three things. Like come on. That's not fun for me. Some people like it though. So to each their own. But for me, I don't know if I would like that. Yeah. Okay. How do you think you'd do on like Top Chef? I don't know. <laughs> hopefully good. I mean, hopefully I would do well, but I don't do well with like when they're filming. I'm like, get out of the kitchen. Like we don't need a camera here. Like what are you doing in here? Like get out, you know? I work well like as a private chef because I'm like in there by myself. I'm zoned out. You know, I have my, you know, my vibe going and it's like if there was like 10 people with cameras, I'd be like, okay, you need to leave, sir. <laughs> You're like, I can't take no, this. No, absolutely not. Oh my gosh. I've had such a good time talking to you because we've been talking. We actually have not only been talking for an hour. We've been talking for like a couple yeah, of hours. A and, while. Yes. But I want to make sure I give you the opportunity if there's anything that I haven't asked or anything else that you want to mm. share, I give you the opportunity <laughs> to do that. Oh, man. Are you ready to open the champagne? <laughs> yes. That's the only question I have for you. <laughs> yeah, I, th I feel like I've shared my whole life story. Like, you did such a good job. You're like <laughs> Oprah. I almost cried. <laughs> no, I, I felt like that was healing, you know, to like go throughout my whole life and just, you know, because you, you go out every day, you don't, you don't look back every day, you know, yeah. we're not like constantly revisiting the passing, like, okay, I did this, this and this, like to kind of just say like all the extraordinary experiences and like the ups and downs. I'm like, wow, I'm actually really proud about where I'm at right now. As you yeah. should be. I think that's so awesome. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they reach out? You can reach out to me on kitchenprodigy.com or on my Instagram at kitchenprodigy. Araceli, I've loved this conversation. No, you're not I'm not leaving, but we're just saying goodbye to okay. everybody else because right, we still have a bottle to pop Ooh. and we still have lots of cheese made to, to talk that you guys can't be a part of. Sorry. No, secret. <laughs> Top secret. Until next time, mi gente. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wine and Cheese Made Podcast. For more information on today's guest, please see the show notes for links to websites and social media channels. You can check out all things Wine and Cheese Met on our website, thewineandcheesemetpodcast.com. There, you will find the names of wines I drink each episode, as well as additional information on me, the podcast, and you can even apply to be a guest straight from there. You can also find us on social media at the Wine and Cheese Met on Instagram and at the Wine and Cheese Met Podcast on Facebook. Remember, if you want to hear more Wine and Cheese Met, please subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star ratings are appreciated and those positive reviews are appreciated 